This is Jamie Lee Ganey, and you are about to enjoy Igosian Airwaves. All right. This is Igosian Airwaves, the official podcast of Igo Global. I'm your host, Shu. I'm here with my co-host, the Kai Martin. And... Jamie Lee Ganey may be in here. I'm not really sure. It, we may hear from her. We may not. You never really know where Jamie Lee will just show up. So she might be in, in here as well. But we have one of our very own as an interview today with Sarah Arnett, who works at IGO Global. That's correct? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. She's, she's here. And every now and then we want to do different things with the podcast. We interview a lot of different people, alumni and things like that. But we thought... Why not put a spotlight on one of our own staff members and interview her? And have an audience of one. An audience With everything of one. we do, it is for an audience of one. Yes. You're and talking about Jamie Lee? Specifically today, that one is Jamie Lee Ganey. Yes. She is She is not being interviewed right now. No, she just may be in here, maybe not. You may hear her laugh or... Lazy laugh. Chuckle or <clears throat> throw in a few comments if she just can't help herself. No. But the focus is on Sarah Arnett. Oh, absolutely. And Sarah, for an audience of one. You've been on staff for like 11 years. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. One of the things that we love about your role on staff is that it's changed a lot. But whatever we ask you to do, you excel at. That's <laughs> uh, true. That's what you told us right at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Just ask me, whatever, and I'll excel at it. And you have done that. Such we'll, confidence. We'll get into that later. <laughs> but you're also an alumni. Because you got your start just as a, a little girl from East Texas. Are you sure about that, though? Do you remember me actually going with IGO Global? To Ethiopia? Mm-hmm. While you were at ETBU, Itty Bitty Baylor, as they call it. Easy. Take it easy. And Go Tigers. Go Tigers. But, you, <laughs> but you're not from Marshall. You're from... Where are you from? I'm currently from Broadus, Texas. Shout out to Pastor Barth, Mama Barth. First Baptist Church Broadus. Broadus, Texas. Mm-hmm. And that is, just so our audience would know, that is how far from Panhandle, Texas? Uh, at least 80 miles. At least 80 miles. At least. Would is you that... like to take a guess? Because this show is brought to you in part by the great town of Panhandle, Panhandle. Texas. Wow. They are one of Thank our you, sponsors. Panhandle. Now, they sponsor us on an emotional level. Mm. There's no financial contribution there yet mm. at this time, but... But one of our segments is, how far is that from Panhandle? Being from Panhandle, that's the only way I know how to find things. So take a guess. How many miles is broadest Texas from Panhandle, Texas? Best guess? Um, 300. And six. It is 555 miles. Okay. An so eight-hour, 40-minute drive. I got close. Wow. How long would it take to walk? According to Google Maps, from Panhandle, Texas to Broadus, Texas. Longer. Go seven long. days. Seven days and 17 hours. Ah. Well done. Very nice. Yes. You're better at walking, yeah, walking than judging distance. Than driving, obviously. That's, that's how we do distance in Broadus, is walking. Yeah, it is East Texas. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So, from Broadus, went to East Texas Baptist University in the Go great Tigers. town of Marshall, mm-hmm. home of the jalapeno tree. <laughs> It's how did you get stuff. started with IGO? Like, what? Tell me about the trip. Tell me how you got started. Where have you been with IGO? Like, tell me about those experiences as a student. Okay, yeah. So, 
what had happened was I was in college and I was playing basketball for ETBU. Um, don't look it up. It's not important. My freshman year and I had heard about I Go Global through the camp Super Summer. Um, those of you that know Super Summer and I had always heard about it since I was in high school and it had always been in the back of my mind and in college my freshman year um, I realized and I know it's hard to believe but I realized that I was not gonna turn professional um, wait a minute I thought you excelled at anything you were asked to it's do it's true that... and, and then I was asked to stop doing basketball <laughs> you excelled at that <laughs> and request. I excelled at that <laughs> And I said, yes, Lord, here am I. Stop sending me to play basketball. So um, so I started looking around after that, and um, I basically just applied for everything that year because I kind of didn't know who I was. And so that year I applied for all the mission trips through the school, and I had remembered IGO from Super Summer, and so I got online and I applied for IGO's mission trips as well. Specifically, all the trips to Africa because they were we were putting on trips to Africa that year. And what's really important about that, and I don't even think you guys know this, something that you don't know, but um, mm, I can't wait. I know this is a go. This this is a good one. So um, when I was eight, let's let's go ahead and backtrack this. When I was eight, um, I was at GA camp, Girls in Action. Anybody? Anybody? Jamie Lee. Uh huh. Uh huh. There's yeah. a song there, right? Like, oh my gosh. Girls in action. Girls in action. See, I was gonna sing something, it too, something. but I'm Girls glad you're doing action. it. Yeah. yeah. Mission. Yeah. Mission action. Yeah. Caring. And there was RAs too, right? Yeah. It's like Roy's in action. See, you know As a royal ambassador, royal. I will do my best. <laughs> I only Anybody was a royal else? Ambassador when it's basketball Listener, season. comment. Put in the comments below. Did you do RAs or GAs? Anybody? <laughs> anyway. So GA camp, they did the call to missions and I stood up and I was eight years old and I'll never forget it because I hopped out of that and my mom was their counselor, shout out Mama Barth. And I went to her and I told her, I was like, mom, I'm going to Africa. And she was like, what? Eight year old? Okay, whatever. But, um, but I held on to that for years and I, and they grew and I would tell her like, I don't know when, I don't know how, but I'm going to go to Africa. Like, I'm just going to go one day. I'm going to go. So fast forward to college and I get on IGO's website and they've got three trips to Africa and I'm like done signing up for all of them. And so I applied for all three and um, that year I got accepted to go to Ethiopia for three weeks with a prayer walking team um, or PR team, depending on where you're listening. And then um, I got also got accepted on a mission trip through the college. So I basically hopped off of the basketball train and then full on to the Jesus train. So... Not that those are always different no. trains. They, they can go in the same direction, yeah. for sure. They can go together, but mine did not. So you went to Ethiopia that summer? Mm-hmm. And how long were you there? Three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, three weeks in three different cities, um, doing three different jobs, basically. That was your first IGO trip? It was. It was my first experience um, in base camp with IGO. All of it? All of it, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so did you... Did you go as a student again, or after that you came on staff? After that, I came on staff. So after that, I actually applied to be a Jimmy and then withdrew my application because I got married and decided it probably wasn't a good idea to get married and Jimmy in the same year. Um, so I withdrew my application, but then was always kind of under the radar with Natalie Starry. Shout out, Nat Star, mm -hmm. And then came on staff after that. Okay. 
Okay. Dude, so totally. <laughs> right? So that's a few years ago, more than 11. Mm-hmm, when, you, when you went on that trip yeah. and first kind of connected with IGO. So give us an update about life now. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you did get married and <laughs> that you're still married. Like yeah. what's, what's your current life status? Yeah. So I am currently married to um, a super good looking guy named Matt Arnett, and we live in Rockwall, Texas, and we have several different jobs and have two children, two sons, Jude, who is five, and Ezra, who is two. And we are entrepreneurial, if that that's a word, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I don't know. It's a thing, and we're doing it. Basically, we have 10 jobs, and we're having a good time. So, that's what we're doing. 10 jobs. At least. Five each, yeah. ten total. Depending just, on the timing, yeah, yeah. yeah we can split them up either way. And uh, yeah. Jude is in school, right? Yes, Jude How, just started kindergarten this how's year. How's that going? Oh, it's the worst. Oh, it's <laughs> so so good for those of us that have our first children, child starting school. I don't feel old at all. Um, he's definitely not smarter than me at all. Um, no, he's great. He loves it. He loves school. Um, every day he gets out of school, and I ask him to give me a report of the day, just to know kind of where he is um, emotionally. And it's always good, 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 best, 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 great, great, great. That's always the report of the day. So hmm. he's having a great time at school. Yeah, that's that's a really good day. It is, and that's like his, that's his standard. Like that's it every day. Very rarely it does it waver from that. So he's a good kid. I would take one of my kids saying that one day a month. <laughs> I would take that. He's a positive guy. I don't know like if it'll stay this way, but for now, we're going to let it be. The cruel realities of this world have not found him yet. <laughs> it's kindergarten, man. <laughs> if I have anything to do with it, they never will. <laughs> Isn't that what a mom's supposed to say? Yeah, you absorb okay. them on yeah. his behalf. Right? Obviously, yeah. yeah. I think if you just hover around them constantly, mm-hmm. that's the way to go. Yeah, yeah. then I'm doing it right. Keep it all away from him. <laughs> That'd be perfect. So... Okay, so let's go back. Let's talk about IGO and your experiences with IGO. And let's let's talk about this, like funny stories or maybe not the funniest story, but maybe just the best story, something you saw. And it could be like as a student in Ethiopia or it could be as you began to lead teams for us. I know that you have a real heart and passion for Kansas and somewhat <laughs> for Nebraska. So maybe a story that you saw or a funny thing that you experienced at base camp or something like that. Just like bring us into the world of Igo through the eyes of Sarah Arnett. <laughs> that's, that's the expectation here. Buckle up guys. Okay. Um, so I would say two stories in particular. The first one would be my first and only experience through base camp as a student. Um, and to that, I will say, and maybe some of you guys that are listening can relate that my first experience through base camp, I literally had no idea what was happening and I literally just went with it. I didn't, I didn't do anything right or wrong. I was just existing and my team pulled me through base camp um, from beginning to end. I had a great team leader. Um, we're still friends on Facebook and social media. She's amazing. Who's that? Uh, Jamie. And no, not this Jamie. Oh. <laughs> No, her name's Jamie. Um, and shout out to the Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember her her maiden name, and my mind is blinking. Jamie, please forgive me. I'll tag you on Facebook. Um, but anyway, she was really great, and she just basically 
took me through base camp. And the only thing I really remember was that there was that there was an Igosian woman that her put her fake baby on our trailer and one of my teammates rolled it off the trailer onto the ground as we were driving mm-hmm. away. And I remember that being that standing out as like a hey, we probably shouldn't do that overseas. And then the second thing being that there were I was so like in shock of what was happening around me and not really sure what was going on that when there were uh sheets and blankets that they that I go give students like in their bunks I didn't know if those were for us and so I didn't take them and I ended up sleeping you're afraid you were gonna get in trouble for taking one who knew what the I go test and you failed (laughs) who knew what the I goshens were gonna do so I slept with my towel and my clothes like in a ball as a pillow so basically excelling at base camp for sure right sounds like you didn't feel very safe there no for sure uh felt very comfortable very at (laughs) home so anyway so that that's the story i would tell about base camp so to encourage anyone that has been with us or might be going like guys it, it is a hot mess and so are we but it is good and it's worth doing it's worth coming out with a fun story so i survived it's great now i get to do that to other students it's totally fine Um, And then the second story I would share would be from my time overseas. Like you said, Shu, I led Kansas and Nebraska for several years, um, once to Tokyo, Japan, and then at least three, maybe four times to Amsterdam, to the Netherlands. And it was an incredible experience. We got to do some really amazing things. But one story in particular that I want to share is about me getting the opportunity to encourage a woman um, to seek out the gospel and to seek truth. So... Do you mind if I share that with you guys? I've been uh, talking for a while. Let's think about it. Is this okay? I'll allow it. I kind of want to hear the story now. Like, okay. With all the setup. It's like, yeah. it'd be good. weird to say no. It would be. So, good, yeah, good. Let's go ahead. our interest. Good. I'm glad I set it up then. So we are uh, basically, when we're overseas, you guys know this, but for the listener that may not know, we take our teams and we break them into treks. And each trek goes to a different location in the city. And as the team leader, as the trip coordinator, my job was to visit those different treks throughout the day and just check on them, which was really cool because in Amsterdam, I got to ride a bike through the city and pretend like I was local, you know, until I fell off of it. But it's it's fine. That's a different story. Um, So one day I visit a trek and um, I'm sitting by the fountain in the marketplace and and I'm just watching the trek do their thing and meet people and talk and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm praying for them and... I'm, you know, just asking God what he has for me on this trip, if there's anything I'm supposed to be doing. And a woman comes and sits down next to me, uh, a Muslim woman, who is just, she's got, she's got the whole nine yards, right? She's got the headdress. She's got the, the black, what's it called? Burka. Burka. Ah, thank you. She's got the black burka. You could have left me hanging and you didn't. I appreciate that. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> She got the burka on and she has a stroller and her son is sleeping in the stroller. And so I'm sitting there and I'm just like, okay, well, I'm just going to try to talk to her. I'm just going to strike up a conversation. So I'm like, hi, you know, how's it going? What brings you to the market? And we just start talking and we start kind of just communicating about like her son who is very cute, who's sleeping and why she's there. And she said she was waiting for her daughter to get out of school and we were just hanging out. She was just hanging out by the fountain. And so as we're talking, I, I tell her, I ask her questions about um, her burqa and about um, her head, her headdress. And I ask her, like, you know, why do you wear that? Like, just kind of door open her questions to see if she even knew, of which, of course, she does. Um, but to get her talking and to see just how much she knows about Christianity or about other religions and things like that. So 
she's talking about it all and she's talking about her burqa and she starts to tell me why it's so great that she's wearing this and I'm like isn't it hot so I'm like isn't that hot you know it's black and she said no it's just it's so breathable and the whole time she's like kind of pulling on it and showing me how it's breathable and then she leans in real close and she's and she says plus you don't have to wear anything underneath it. <laughs> she kind of like raised her eyebrows when you said yes. that, like, you know what it's I mean? exactly how you imagined it. It was the most, it was the most wonderful moment because I was both shocked and grateful that she felt comfortable. But she I just was, met this lady. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was Perfect. great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so of course I'm like, Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> And um, so then I kind of like segue into, we're talking about why she wears it and how it's a part of her religious beliefs. But the fact that she says that to me, not only was, did it catch me off guard, but it let me know that like she was open to becoming better friends. And so I continued to talk to her about it. And that's when she started to open up that she had actually been watching YouTube videos about Christianity um, and Muslim people debating and talking about Christianity and the differences. And I asked her about the Quran and to tell me like the differences and what she was reading. And for a good, like 45 minutes, we talked about these videos and she asked me questions about Christianity and about my faith. And, and it was really like, it was so cool because it was just a moment in time. And so whenever it was time for her to leave, to go pick up her daughter, I just encouraged her to continue to seek truth, to continue to read the you know, to read the Bible because she had started to read it a little bit. She had told me in our conversations. And so I encouraged her to continue to read it and to ask people around her. And she gave me her information and I asked if I could pass it along to my friends who actually live in the Netherlands. And she said, yes. And so I was able to kind of make a connection there, um, which was really fun just from sitting at a fountain next to somebody and having, you know, the courage and um, the moment to just ask them, you know, isn't a burqa hot or why are you wearing that? <laughs> so that is a, one of my fun stories from overseas. So many stories like that, yeah. you know, like what we're trying to teach students is that you're living on mission and, and as you're just doing life, you're, you're trying to look for opportunities mm -hmm. to be a voice for, for Jesus, to share him, to sow seeds of the gospel. So it's a perfect story of kind of what we see students kind of experience all the time, which they come home and hopefully they can do that, right? You can you can just start a conversation with anybody at home and turn that conversation to the gospel, trust God to do that, all those different kinds of things. So I think it's a great story. And then the encouragement to come to base camp, even though you might have heard it's a little scary, <laughs> it's a little crazy, it's it's never as bad as you really you think it is. You might not know so. if you should take the sheets and blanket. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, now you do. Now I do. Those, and I those tell are others. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's okay to do that. So. <laughs> One of the things that we talk about at Igo Law is that we do short-term missions with a long-term impact. And the long-term impact with you, because you're still on staff, you work <laughs> here, it's pretty easy to see. But yeah. can you talk to us about how you came home from that first trip and how maybe that that led you into uh, seeing the church differently? It led you to, to live on mission at home? How, how it impacted you when you came back to receive this teaching have this experience and how did that long-term impact kind of first began to show up in your life? Yeah. Um, when I returned home, there was this mindset shift in me of like becoming very aware of God's movement, um, not only overseas, but around me in my family and in my, you know, own personal life, my own decisions about my future. I was in college at the time I was a sophomore. And so I was making decisions about what I was going to be doing with my life 
and I had just started dating my smoking hot husband. Um, is that what we're supposed to say about our spouses? Yeah. Okay. Dream boat. Something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> That's what people say. My intelligent man, and uh, he's gonna hate me so much. I'm sorry, Matt. Um, so. I just started dating him and the questions were just like, what am I doing? Where am I going? Like, how is God using me? And so coming back from the trip, I had so much focus of like, it's not about me personally, but about finding God's will, finding, you know, seeing God's will and then joining in that. And so that directed a lot of where I am today in regards to being at a ministry, being a part of IGO. Like it was, it came from going because I came back with this mindset of like, I could, and God might still call me to this day to go overseas. But the whole entire time that I was growing up, I thought I was going to go overseas and be a missionary right away. And God made it very clear when I came back, like, hey, you can go overseas and you can be a missionary or you could train. There's this other option that I, I'm calling you to. And going overseas is great. And like I said, I might still do that. Depends on, you know, how I go treats me in the years to come. But <laughs> Just kidding. Just Make kidding. a note. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but the point is, is that like it, it, I was all of a sudden aware that I could, I could, what was given to me, the training and the mobilization and the confidence to share the gospel, I could do that for others. I could train teams of 50 or hundred or, you know, each summer, 300 students to go and do what I did or to have that life change. And that was a game changer for me. That was a shift in my being. And so the same for the local church, like the same for the local church of like, being aware of what God was doing and brought us, being aware of what God was doing with my family, how to respect my parents better and be more mature with them and more aware that it's more of a journey, an ancient work, if you will, of God working in all of our lives, like really played out when I got back. All right. I think it's time yeah, for that... Highlights of texas highlights of texas this or is a as new we like segment. to say texas highlights texas highlights that that sound you just heard was an indication it was time for that it was indeed texas yeah. highlights is a portion of our show where we talk about things we like in texas as you are probably aware iGosian airwaves is brought to you in part by the state of texas by now the there again texas. they are not contributing financially or anything mm-hmm. of that nature but we feel they're behind us in what we're doing. There's no doubt that the Republic of Texas is behind this. And we are behind them. Always have been. Without so question. We're going to take just a few moments to discuss your favorite as our guest, Sarah. Oh, gosh. Okay. Place in Texas. So if someone was coming to Texas, a friend of yours, <laughs> and you could recommend one place for them to go see in Texas, what would you recommend and why? Oh, my gosh. This is... This is hard. This is this is not rapid fire, is it? Oh no, we'll get no, to that. That's, okay. that's coming. <laughs> this, this, is, this is bad. Maybe you missed this, but we call this yeah. highlights of Texas. No, I'm Texas really enjoying highlights. This, Texas highlights. This segment. Texas highlights. The that's segment the... is not torture. Okay. Um, so honestly, first thought was like my house. Is that too jukey to be like, hey, come be with me? I want you to come see my house and like my neck of the woods. Because like when people come, to probably the- so. But let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to hear me out? Okay. You, are you talking about your house in Broadus? Obviously. No. Because that is in the woods. But mm-hmm. now you live like in Heath, right? No. Yeah, basically Rockwell okay. Heath. But no, I, mean, I don't know. In Texas. Favorite place in Texas? Yeah. that. 
I yeah, know, because that's this, the this segment. Is, this is Texas highlights. Is this segment supposed to be confusing? Highlights Jamie, of Texas. What, what Texas highlights. Now, you just if you, if you had a friend coming to Texas and you could recommend one place for them to visit, like, oh, if you're in Texas, you have, which is kind of hard, right? Because that's kind of like saying, hey, while you're in Asia, come by yeah, yeah, Beijing yeah. or, you know, like Texas oh is so gosh. huge. It would depend what region they're in. But if they had, you know, if it's just a blank slate. Coming, wouldn't you be like, come to my house? Like, come see me? But By the way, Jamie Lee, for the record, is here for me. Like, as a support so, friend. Let me just go ahead and say that. that. Like, for this segment alone, Jamie Lee is here so for me. let's just say this. Let's just let's change it up. Since right. This is, this this is, is very hard. difficult this for you to difficult. answer it this way. If you, if you were going to take, like, a... Sound off in the comments. What you got? Tell me the best take, places like a, in Texas. There's no comments on podcasts. <laughs> there's going to be... <laughs> There's gonna be. So if you're taking like a two day trip, you and your smoking hot husband somewhere to Texas, so you could go anywhere in Texas you want to go for two days. Okay, okay. Where would you go and why? I would go. Lord have mercy. I would go. Um, I'd go camping. Where? I have no idea. Away from here. In Texas. I know in Texas. Okay. Well, why am I supposed to know Texas geography right now? Uh, yeah, yeah. Jamie, just give me anything yeah. right now, and I'll just say it to get out of this. Glen Rose is pretty. Glen Rose. I'll go to Glen Rose. Glen Rose. Glen Rose to see <laughs> the dinosaur tracks. The dinosaur tracks in Glen Rose. Mm-hmm. They used to have that um, that big production called The Promise. They did. I think COVID probably killed did. that. But. There's the Brazos River running through Glen Rose. The Brazos. Which is mm-hmm. a very important river mm-hmm. in Texas, and it is really pretty out there. Now, how it's far? It's not quite... Oh my gosh. How far is Glen Rose from Panhandle for our listeners? <laughs> listeners, did you reference. just hear me say, oh my gosh? Did you hear that? I don't that? know the exact distance, but Glen Rose is definitely southeast from southeast, Panhandle. Yeah. Several hours, right. I would say, from from Panhandle. But yeah. I just want people to know where it is. When they think sure. about Texas, they probably think about Panhandle. And then where is it from and there? And then Glen Rose, where we would go camping. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. How about you, Shu? It doesn't have to be the one, but just like. If you could recommend, hey, if you're in Texas, this would be a really cool thing to go Ooh, do. It's so hard because oh, I love Alamo? the hill country and I love East Texas. I, I feel love, like you're I love supposed to those. say the Alamo. Yeah. Now that I've had time to think about it. Yeah. You come to Texas, you need to go see the Alamo. Have they not been to the Alamo? And remember it. Like if they haven't been to the Alamo, then they need to go, but I need to go with them to explain it to them. Yeah. That's I mean, fair. So, the, I mean, and so I need they'll to, remember. Jamie Lee, I need to help your kids understand it with your homeschool and stuff too. Uh-oh. So sign me up for that lesson. <laughs> So, you heard him. Yeah. It's on the record. Okay. But yeah, that, that canyon so, you got up there near your hometown's pretty. The Paladura Canyon. Mm-hmm. Second biggest canyon in the United States of America. Is the other one in Texas? <laughs> it is not. It doesn't matter then. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It is cool because you're up in the panhandle where if you drive up 287 or across 40, everything is flat as a pancake that you can see. Flat as Kansas. But then there's several <laughs> points in there where if you just go 5 to 10 miles off of the highway, there's the second biggest canyon in the U.S. Just, if you, you can't recommend it enough. Like, Whoops. You just, just fall off of yep. it. They, okay. do a, they do a play there called Texas in a big amphitheater in the canyon. Great I've been place. To it. Great place. Very, very close to Panhandle, Texas. Very close indeed. Not and that, off. my friends, was this session segment of, of Texas Highlights. Highlights of Texas. Just want you to know that I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So, Sarah, you're on IGO staff for 11 years now. 
going on 11. I don't know. You and Jamie keep score with that. I don't even know. Something like that. Over a decade of service to the Lord at Igo Staff. Amen. How did that happen? How did you end up on Igo Staff? Oh. <laughs> Who hired you? Uh, you did, accidentally, I believe. Well, that's pretty much the story for everybody on staff. <laughs> yeah. So what had happened was um, I was graduating college and at the time I had an idea of Igo being like a big corporation, like a big deal. It is a big deal, but for different reasons. And I was leaving college and trying to figure out what I was going to do next with my life. And Matt was considering going to my husband, Matt was considering going to Fuller Theological Seminary in California. And so I shot off an email to Shu, to Lance Shoemake, my good friend Lance, and I just basically said, hey, do, do you have anything in California? Like, does Igo have an office in California? Yeah, our, <laughs> our West Coast branch. Yeah, yes. obviously. Yeah. Where's that located? Is basically what the email said um, because I was trying to figure out, you know, what where I was going to work and what I was going to do. And so I got a reply from the great Lance Shoemake, and he said, who are you? Um, he said, who are you and what do you know, basically? Because at the time, that's what you said. <laughs> I'll have to go back and find it and forward it to you. I would like to see this. Okay. I must have known you were friends with Chastity if I answered No, you one. didn't know who I was at all. But it was it's okay because I didn't really talk that much. So he said, who are you and what do you know? Because at the time, you guys were having conversations with some people in California about some trips or something. I don't know what. But at some at one point you were having conversations at the exact moment that I was like, Hey, I'm going to California. Can I work for Igo from there? That's oh, must come be on, it. at the exact moment. Pretty much. Must have been a coincidence. <laughs> oh no, that's God. Oh. It's at least it's at least one kiss from the king. So anyway. Yeah? Yeah? Okay. <laughs> for the for the listener out there, kisses from the king, Jamie Lee will explain in her podcast. So stay tuned for that one. Um, yeah, so you said basically like, hey, we this is what we got going on possibly in California, possibly not. We don't know, like, but this is where we're located in Dallas. Da, da, da. And I said, great, Matt and I will get married and then I'll come for nine months up to Dallas and work where I go and then we'll move to California, which is what we did. So you were here nine months before you moved out to LA. Correct. Six months of that, you didn't talk. Correct. And then we started seeing that, oh, wow. Sarah's pretty funny. <laughs> Took us six months to finally see that. Gotta earn it. And then you worked, you 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 became our California office. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have one. Yeah. No that's that entrepreneurial spirit. That's, that, out. Yeah, that's what it that's is. That's that yeah. excellence there. Starting the West Coast branch. Stub- I, stubbornness, excellence, whatever you want to call it. I have yeah. no idea who I was talking to in California at the exact same time I got this email. But I know we didn't really have plans to have a California branch until Saris <laughs> opened it up. Right. Yeah. And so that was good. And so you eventually got back to the Republic, mm-hmm. got back to the homeland, mm-hmm. stayed on staff. I've had a bunch of different roles, and you can talk about those if you want. But here's the, here's the question I think our listeners want to know is, like, why are you still doing this? <laughs> why are you still on staff 11 years later with 10 different jobs, mm-hmm. two kids, Smoking hot husband. <laughs> Why are sorry, you still? I'm gonna say that every time. <laughs> still serving here and working here at Igo. Listener, that's a great question. Um, because I'm supposed to be. 
the answer is that I'm supposed to be here. Every year, Matt and I evaluate whether or not I should still be doing this because it is support-based and it is um, fundraise-based. And so it's not an easy thing to be called to. Um, but honestly, every year God has confirmed that it's where I'm supposed to be and it's where I'm supposed to be giving my time, my currency of time. And that is because it is where we, Matt and I, have both seen God use my skills, develop my skills and my personhood and call me to do some pretty cool things for him, for his glory um, in regards to what I do now, which is I get the opportunity to do the graphic design and the marketing for IGO Global. Um, and now I get to tell Igo's story to, you know, to people that want to hear, to youth ministers, to students, you know, I get to take the training and put it into a practical, um, approach, which is really, really cool. And what I've always had a passion to do is to tell the story of Christ, to tell people's stories of how they interact with God and how they interact with his will, um, through the, the lens of marketing and graphic design. And so I've gotten to do that through Igo. Igo has opened up opportunities for me to try new things, to fail at some things, but then to come back and succeed at other things. And the overarching story of it all is that I go not only creates that atmosphere, but they, we encourage it to always be pointed towards the gospel, to always be pointed towards bringing the good news um, to the nations. And as long as that is what I'm doing and what I'm, what God is calling me to do, then I'm going to be at I go. I'll be sleeping on a bunk bed with Jamie Lee Ganey um, in the, in the future forevermore. <laughs> it sounds like a good plan. And mm-hmm. I, I'm glad you said that because I don't think our listeners know, everybody knows we have cool shirts. <laughs> People say that all the time. I go, you guys have cool shirts. Everybody wants our shirts. I appreciate and that. And Sarah is the brains behind that. Sarah's the reason why we have cool shirts. She designs those shirts. She pushes me into new color choices all the time. Mm-hmm. Gray, uh, green. Seafoam is a Blue. color that I know now because Sarah has told me we should do it. That's what the kids like. So she does make those shirts and that's a really cool thing. And then let me ask you one more question. And then we're going to go into what we like to call the rapid fire. Rapid fire. <laughs> That should definitely be recorded to always be used. That'll be a good drop. We need to we need to get that one. I don't even know what a drop is, but we're going to get it. Let, let's drop it. Let's do it. In your current life outside of IGO. Okay, so we just talked about your staff role and, right. and why you're here. But like just in your life, this long-term impact, the, the ultimate goal of the long-term impact at IGO is for people to live on mission, not just to do mission trips, not just to do but to live your life on mission. So uh, as a mom, as an entrepreneur, as, as a resident of Rockwall County, like how do, you, how do you do that? How do you live on mission? Like you said, with your personhood and your, your personality and your Enneagram, whatever that is, <laughs> like what, how do you live on mission today? Um, Enneagram four for anyone listening? Anybody? Any fours? They're not giving that. They'll know. Back. There's oh, no okay. comments. Like They'll really, comment. You can't really wait for a response. <laughs> gonna, I'm pausing for the response because they're typing right now. This is not a no, Zoom. Audience of one. Jamie Lee Ganey. So unless yeah. she's a she's, four, she's you're out of She's typing right now. Yeah. She's responding. Anyway. Jamie Lee's a 17. Yeah. So, <laughs> so those of you that don't know what the Enneagram is, it doesn't matter. All you need to know is that an Enneagram 4 is a highly creative person that can also sometimes, at least from my own perspective, be socially awkward. 
So what that means is that I am an introvert with extrovert qualities is what I say. And what that means is that if I don't have to, I'm not going to talk. But if I need to talk or want to talk or feel comfortable, then I'm going to be more outgoing. And so in regards to your question, how does that play out in my life now? It plays out in ways that I don't even like understand or know until, you know, it pops up and we see it. So, right. So as a mom, it comes to play when it comes to decisions that I'm making for my children, like Jude going to public school versus whether Jude should stay home and be homeschooled. Like each family is specific. There's no right answer to that question, but the, you know, the long-term impact, like where, where would our family be the most missional? Like where, how am I missional to my family? How am I serving my children? How am I showing them the bottom line of God's, you know, glory? And then in in regards to that, it also plays out to, hey, I'm not going overseas right now. I'm not getting on a plane. I have two kids and I am, you know, cleaning faces and rooms and picking up toys for the thousandth time and trying not to punch myself in the face over certain things. Um, other moms will know what that means. But in that, I can see that God has called me to this. God has called me to this specific place in this time. And so this is where my ministry is. And this is where my mission is. And then asking that question of like, what does that look like? And right now for me as a mom, it means to support other moms, like new moms. I've got this really cool opportunity with several new moms that have had their first child that I get to reach out to them and talk about things like postpartum depression, to talk about things like losing personhood. Like whenever you become a mom, you lose part of yourself and you kind of have to rediscover who you are and what does that look like to dig into God and to dig into who he tells us that we are. And all of that is directed by, you know, what I go has instilled in me. Like this idea of like, it's not about me. It's about God's glory. It's not about me, you know, climbing this, this ladder and becoming a CEO unless that's what God's called me to do. And then if it is, he'll show me and I'll do that. And that's what it'll be. And it, again, in then in the other parts of my life, being an introvert, being a person that's not necessarily um, super pumped to be loud and engaging and outgoing, then my ministry is to be there, to be available, just like to be at, to be at the fountain with that lady, to just open my mouth and say something. As socially awkward as it might be to say like, hey, what's that dress you're wearing? Isn't it hot? Like... That's a weird thing to say to a stranger. But, but not as weird as when she replies, yeah. there's nothing under it. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. But, you know, there was an agreement between us at that moment <laughs> that we were friends. And, and, so, and, that, and that you wouldn't tell anyone that. And yeah. yet here you are. Yeah, here I am sharing that. Well, I she's never not told just her. telling us. She's telling everyone. I never told her I wouldn't tell anybody. I don't think she'd care. Anyway. But the, the fact is, is that when I go about my life, that like there are micro opportunities, little opportunities for me to talk to someone more than just a first sentence, more mm -hmm. than just a, hey, how are you doing? Like to actually get to know people, to actually put myself out there, to actually be available and like to be okay with being seen as socially awkward or weird or, you know, whatever to show that I care, to show up. And so I think in my days right now, I'm getting mm -hmm. to see... The bottom line play out, ancient work, um, joy of the sower, all the core values, hope of hope of the world, like play out in my decision making. Like what decisions, like where do where do Matt and I live? Like where are we gonna live? Where are we gonna work? What are we gonna do with our time? And what are we gonna do with our children? And what, you know, how are we creating 
a better place for the gospel to be known around us. There's this saying that I think Matt picked up somewhere in one of his jobs that um, is very good. It, it talks about how like when you're having struggles or you're dealing with something, you, you draw a circle around yourself and you work on everybody inside that circle. And so I think about that sometimes when it comes to, to this, of the idea of like, here I am, I'm not going, I'm not getting on a plane, I'm not a missionary overseas. Well, let me draw a circle around my life. Let me draw a circle around, you know, my people and then look inside that circle at who's near me that needs love and care and the gospel yeah. and truth. Like, who's there? It's the people at Jude's school. It's the people at Ezra's daycare. It's the people that Matt and I work with at our other 10 jobs. And, and that comes from IGO. From, it comes from my local church teaching me that. And it comes from me going through IGO and learning the bottom line. And if you draw that circle around your life, I bet that'd be a hot spot of gospel activity at a volleyball court. If yeah. you could find one of those Most around. likely. All kinds of conversations <laughs> come up at the volleyball mm-hmm. court. It's true. For, for many hours. That's really good stuff. I think it's helpful to people. Uh, our alumni base for 20 years, right? There's so many of our alumni base are young moms, young dads, like starting families, starting their life. And that right there is such a good picture of what life on mission looks like just on a day-to-day routine. It, mm-hmm. it, it's not. Everybody that I go is not off on the mission field. Uh, they've, they've had these experiences, and hopefully it comes back and informs all their life decisions just like you shared with us. That's really, really cool, really helpful. But now, if it's okay with you, we want to go into some uh, uh, questions that we kind of call... Yeah. And if it's not okay with you, Sarah, we're going to do it anyway. One of my um, favorite things right now about this interview is how we do something very heavy, and then all of a sudden yeah. we start talking about Texas. Yeah. All right, well, go. I, let me just explain something okay. to you before we do this. It's, it's called... And so you're going to you're gonna have to do a little bit better than you did with the Texas I question. know, just, okay. Right? Like, this is gonna, you're just going to have to give us the first thing yeah. that comes to your no, head. No hesitation. Like, you have to... Answer right. within a second or two of the question being asked. You can't look at Jamie right. Lee for help on this one. I don't. Even, I don't even know if she's still in here. That's the whole. That's the whole deal, right? So, no. um, she's our audience. It's an audience of audience one. Of one. Audience of one. Yeah. Jamie right. Lee Ganey. I'm ready. What is your favorite Igo mascot, and which one would you choose as a pet? Do they have to be the same? The goat is Just my. Answer the the goat. The goat's my favorite one, obviously. The greatest okay. of all time. And a pet. And a pet. Oh my gosh. Um, the deer. It's the first one. Moose. Deer. Those are both. Where are you, you going to put it? I don't know. It's the You're first gonna... one that came to my mind. I'm trying to be rapid. If you raise a deer as a pet, will you eat it someday? No. Will you let me eat it? Sure. When it dies naturally. No, I want to shoot it. No, obviously not. I, I will teach it not to get shot. You should get a moose. I don't want to I don't okay. eat a moose. A moose. All right. If you play Jamie Lee Ganey one-on-one in basketball, who would win? <laughs> Obviously the great JLG. Are you kidding me? I don't know, man. You got the uh, yeah, you got you them elbows. Me? Yeah. And that no height. contest. Like can... All I all I am upset, like when we get to heaven and I see Jesus, I'm just going to be like, why couldn't we have been on the same team? Was this close to going to Howard Payne? We could have been on the you same team. You and Jesus were on the same team. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jesus is on your team. <laughs> okay. So... You could back her down, though. You still going with Jamie Lee Ganey? Yes, it's one-on-one, not like who's a better team player. It's a (laughs) one-on-one competition, like you're playing 21. I'm telling you, I think she's got that outside shot. Okay. I'm going to give it it to her. All right. Okay. (laughs) Which character would you be from The Office? Pam. 
or Parks and Rec? Um, what's her name? Leslie. No, the the nope. girl. Uh, April, obviously. April. 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 Oh, oh yeah. It's definitely April. April. That's very <laughs> okay. funny. Best book you read in 2020. I just finished, and I just blanked on the title. The Wing, Don, the Don Wing Miller Feather. book. Don no. Miller. I just finished story branding or the story other brand. one. Oh, I just yes. read it again. Yeah, I just finished it again because you asked me to consider some things, and and I've really enjoyed reading that. Now, when I watch TV and commercials and anything, I'm like, what's their purpose? Like, let's go. Story brand, Donald Miller. Look Donald Miller wrote Blue Like Jazz. Mm-hmm. So which good. We also don't, good. We don't even know what that was about. <laughs> still. It was about jazz. Yeah, three times. I still <laughs> it's don't a, understand It's it. so good. And now he's writing marketing books, and he's kind of a guru in the marketing world. He is. So yeah. cool. So yeah. I just finished so that one. That. Very nice. So was it better having your dad as a pastor or as the mayor of Broadus? <laughs> uh, was more pastor. advantageous? Pastor. pastor. I was in college yeah. when he was the mayor. And... And he would never let me get away with anything anyway. You were okay with him being, him being the mayor? Or would you rather have the man behind the post office been the mayor? Uh, my dad, obviously. Okay. You voted for yeah. him if you would have Yeah, I, vote, I definitely voted for him. The man behind the post office was shady. We don't trust him. Yeah. Fair enough. Why would you live there anyway? Neither did anybody else. They didn't vote for him. Yeah. My dad okay. won. So, what do you miss most about Danielle <laughs> not being on staff at IGO? Dirty D. <laughs> um, I miss that she would probably do my work for me if I didn't do it. Like she'd always be on my case about that, about getting my stuff done. So you're talking about school? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I miss that she would read Spanish magazines, like she was trying to prove something in the office. <laughs> she was trying to prove something. Daniel, I think she still is somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. Despite common belief, Kansas and Nebraska are not the same territory. Indeed, they're, they're not. They're two different regions of the United mm-hmm. States. I think they've become states now. They have. Okay. Yeah. They've declared their statehood. Mm-hmm. What is the better of the two, Kansas or Nebraska? Ooh. What if I said, like, Kansas City, Nebraska? Does that count? Because that's... It's in it's Missouri. Missouri. It's in Missouri. It's exactly. Missouri. So it's not even, like, a part of it. It's a whole third... <laughs> It's like me refusing to answer if I say that. Is this your entrepreneurial spirit? Like you're just going to make a Kansas City in Nebraska? And I'm just going to make yeah. it up. I'm going to say both. All right. I would say, but honestly, like we had five Nebraskans go through us, I think, through Igo Global, and we had like a thousand Kansans. Okay. So they are were both phenomenal, but most of the people that I still keep in contact with today are from Kansas. Where was Rachel a lot of blah, blah, blah? Kansas. From? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I hope I get that That does right. it then. Yeah, that's, that's good enough for me. Jessica right. Collins. Also Kansas. Jessica. Caitlin Medlin. The shout Medlin. Out, shout out to those Kansans, guys. Yeah. Y'all yeah. are legit. <clears throat> okay. There's probably like one really awesome Nebraska kid we're forgetting right yeah, now. Yeah, and so. shout Sorry out to, to you, Nebraska. <laughs> Put your name in the right. comments below. Let yeah. us know. <laughs> All right. So, favorite Igo shirt that you designed? Oh guys, I hate them all. Like what? Honestly, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. I We're really love delete it. that part. You're not. I thought you. you I said love that you, you would love excel them. at anything you were asked to do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you... It's true. But here's the thing that. That's a creative. Yeah. That's your spirit. Those Enneagram fours. Um, okay, which one do you hate the least of all the yeah, ones you designed? Yeah, it's not that I hate them. I just always know there's a better one out there, and so in my mind, I can always do it better. So I really like, we're discussing a sweater coming out soon, and I really like the design we're going to put on that sweater. 
Um, it's, it's a nod to North Face, and it just says Declares Glory on it, and it's just really sleek and cool. So I Is it a sweater or a sweatshirt? It's going to be a sweatshirt. Mm. Yeah. So my I'm wife kids call very, them sweaters. My wife's very particular about that. <laughs> so she, I'm looking forward to that, that one. She's um, from Missouri. Yeah. yeah. But I would say, can I, I, I got to say this one, though. The, the mint one that says Make Him Famous on uh-huh. the front yeah. was my very first one to design on my own okay. as like a sole design, just me working on it. And I did it from my phone. And so that one will always hold a place in my heart. Hmm. No surprise that your first design was mint. Yeah. Yeah. Mint and white. One of my favorite colors to wear. Get on board. It's my palette. (laughs) An animal that should be an Igo mascot, but has not been. Now, before you answer, keep in mind, we did declare the grasshopper mouse as the Mm -hmm. official mascot Mm -hmm. this year. So So you can't use that. I honestly think we need to do a bug, like a bug or some sort of like shrimp, some sort of water thing. So I'm like spider, bee. Spider Man's really ant. popular right now. Yeah, we keep so, we keep making new versions of it. Frog, even like we can go amphibian. You know, go frog, go tadpole. Like I think we need. To, we haven't. There's a whole yeah. other side of the animal world we haven't really even gotten into. So right-handed or left-handed mm-hmm. amphibian. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Thing you love most about Igoja. Last one. Make it a good one. Uh, no pressure. Lots Thing I love pressure. most about Igoja. I love... Um, <laughs> as they gesture to themselves. Um, I love the chaos. I love seeing students struggle, which sounds horrible. But I love seeing... It does. You're not going to get struggle. a... <laughs> push back on that. Give me some bad comments. <laughs> You should not have said that. <laughs> My apologies. But struggle in a safe space. Like I, I like to see them have a hard time and then at the end of base camp they they have that confidence to go. Like I appreciate that. And and I feel a responsibility to make sure that they travel that well. Like I don't yeah. want them to struggle just and be sad the whole time. Like I I tend to hover and make sure that if they're having a hard time that they know why or that they can take a beat and do better. And like, so yeah. I love that part of base camp. Just like you do with your kids. Yeah. It's all yeah. comes back to our parenting. Helicopter. <laughs> Helicopter. Helicopter. I go step. Uh-huh. And that ladies and gentlemen was <laughs> rapid fire. Rapid fire. Yes. Well, Sarah, I know that I've enjoyed this. I'm so tired. I just hope <laughs> our audience of one has enjoyed it. Yeah. Jamie Lee stepped back in right here for the last part of it, and it's good to see her. It seems like she enjoyed it as the audience of one. And uh, yes, we love interviews on the podcast, and I hope all of our listeners that we keep losing, because we we like to say, I goes in airways, loses luggage, Mm -hmm. and I goes in airwaves, loses listeners. I'll tell you one listener that we lost. Would be your husband, my husband, the super hot husband of yours. He is gone. My apologies, Matt. I love you. I think we'll probably bring him into every podcast from here on out. I think we work well together. I need him to tell me not to say things. (laughs) That would be helpful. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna kick in some of uh, Sarah's favorite music right about now as we're kind of fading this thing out. I'm sure we'll find something really twangy. Something that reminds her of her her, her, her uh, roots. Of her favorite place in Texas. Yes. <laughs> Camping. <laughs> <laughs> and that was I Goes in Airwaves. 
with your host, Sue, and your co-host, Kai, and audience of one, Jamie Lee Ganey. Interview with the one and only La Sarah Arnett. 